Well, we know how uh, Coke was brought into the White House thanks to the Secret Service investigation. It's really hot outside, not because it's summer or anything like that, but because it's climate change. So we have to get rid of our air conditioners to make it cool and save us. And diseases that we all but rid of in the United States are breaking out again in the Southwest. I wonder why. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbass Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, I, I, you know, I'm reading another book right now, and it's an awesome book. Here's the thing. Usually with, with books, I'm not even reading it. I'm listening to it on um, uh, Amazon's uh, book app. You know a book is good when I actually buy the hard copy. And this book is phenomenal. I think on I, this week I'm going to have, on Friday... I'm going to talk about two books that I think you just absolutely need to read. Now, I read a lot of fiction, too. So, for example, I'm actually physically reading the book uh, In the Name of the Rose by Umberto Eco. I just finished uh, another book by uh, William Faulkner, The Sound and the Fury. And, um, by the way, just to show you that I'm not exactly an intellectual uh, those books are really hard to read. So <laughs> just to, just to give you a little notice, they, they're very be- they're beautiful, beautifully written books, but they're really hard. It took me forever to get through the sound and the fury, <clears throat> and I got a feeling then the name of the rose is going to take forever too. But I, I do read a lot of fiction, uh, and I listen to a lot of books that have social value. So I have two for you, and we're going to talk about them on Friday. Okay, so this news just came out. Uh, Yesterday, there was a United States soldier who apparently ran across the DMZ into North Korea and was arrested. Now, we didn't know anything about this at first. So little, in fact, that I didn't even bother talking about it because we just had no idea what the story was, right? Well, we got the story today. So And it really changes everything. Right, it didn't change much from yesterday because yesterday, an American soldier runs over into North Korea. The first thing you think of was this an accident, right? No, well, it wasn't an accident. He did it on purpose. Apparently, this guy who was not named—I don't have his name. Now I just heard it on the news. Apparently, this guy ran over the border. He was kicked out of the army. He was set to fly back to the United States. He was ordered not to take a tour of the DMZ. He ignored the order to not take the tour in the DMZ. He ignored his plane flight. He missed his plane flight. He was scheduled to be sent to the United States and then separated from the military. So this guy basically, quality individual. So this changes my opinion. Now, yes, there is the possibility that one of the reasons he's being separated from the military is because he used the wrong preferred pronouns to his uh, superior or something like that. But chances are that's not what happened. Chances are he was a bad soldier. He didn't want to be in the army. He was a private. And he decided to run over to North Korea because he thought he would have a better life. The Biden administration today is saying they're doing everything they can with North Korea to get the guy back. And here's what I have to say. F him. Let him stay there. He is obviously going to be dishonorably discharged. If he wasn't before, he is now. 
And he wants to go to North Korea so bad, let him stay and enjoy the fruits of socialist North Korea. That's what I've got to say. I really don't care what happens. I do not want... I know the Biden administration is going to be overreacting to working with hostages in other countries. And I, I, but I don't want to see 17 terrorists being sent over for a guy who's getting kicked out of the army who's obviously a traitor, like Doug Bergdahl, whatever his first name was, with, with Afghanistan. If you don't remember Doug Bergdahl, he left his army troop and basically defected to ISIS. And of course, he was white. ISIS didn't take to him real well. And then we ended up trading like 37 terrorists for Doug Bergdahl, who hated the United States. He hated the United States so much he wanted to defect to ISIS or to the enemy, to the terrorist, uh, Al-Qaeda, excuse me, it wasn't ISIS, it's Al-Qaeda. I don't want to see any of that. So me personally, not only F them, let them stay in North Korea, I personally think we should be sending a lot of other people to North Korea who don't like the country. I mean, you don't like the country, just go, get out of the country. Let's give those people a one-way plane ticket to North Korea or Russia or Ukraine, because everyone seems to love Ukraine. Or Cuba. I hear the weather's great in Cuba. That's about all that's great. I mean, you won't eat or anything. But, I mean, or Venezuela. There's another one. We'll give them all tickets to Venezuela. If you hate this country that much, I, I really don't care where you go. Just leave the country. This guy obviously hates the country. So he he wanted to defect to North Korea. Let him defect to North Korea. He's a private first class, for Christ's sake. The guy doesn't have any military secrets. Speaking of the government and hating the country, well, we know whose coke it was at the White House. It was Hunter Biden's. How do we, we know this because of the thorough investigation done by the Secret Service. The thorough investigation that took only nine days, the thorough investigation that didn't interview a single person that was in the White House, a thorough investigation in which none of the cameras, for some reason, worked in the White House. And their conclusion basically points to Hunter Biden. By the way, no cameras in the White House? Do you remember January 6th? The Secret Service had cameras everywhere. We had pictures of, of people with every profile possibility there are because there were cameras all over the White House, all over the Capitol building. And I can't believe the building that holds the President of the United States doesn't have cameras or that none of the cameras work. For Christ's sake, they've got snipers on the roof of the White House waiting for someone to jump over a fence. I'm pretty freaking sure they had cameras. Every room in the White House, probably including the bathroom, has, white, has, has uh, cameras. But the Secret Service, they said, we did this thorough investigation without any of the crap I just mentioned, and we have no idea. We'll never know who did it. So everyone else is saying, obviously, it's Hunter Biden's coke, or it's one of the Biden administration's coke. We, we know someone in the administration had coke, and more than likely, his coke-addicted son probably brought the coke in. So, okay, okay, I, 
of course, the media is screaming, this is just a conspiracy theory. Well, when you do a half-assed investigation and come up with nothing, yeah, these are the conspiracy theories you're going to come up with. And by the way, every conspiracy theory we've been talking about over the last three, four years has ended up true. So I'm not sure what their definition of a conspiracy theory is anymore. All right. How about it's just a theory when no one gives answers to the like to the counter. I mean, they didn't say that Hunter Biden didn't have coke. They could have gone out and said that. They could, the Secret Service could have sat there and said, "Oh, no, listen, there was coke here. We don't exactly know who did it, but we know it wasn't Hunter Biden." They could say that. They didn't. They just said, "We don't know who it is." Well, was it Hunter Biden? We don't know who it was. Okay, well, if you can't rule out Hunter Biden, well, I'm going to say the chances are the coke was left by someone who's left every laptop he's owned in his life, left diaries all over the place, and has a coke addiction. I'm going to assume that, yeah, he misplaced his cocaine. I mean, the guy has misplaced five laptops. I would have to assume he misplaced his cocaine. All right, well... Whatever. Karen Jean-Pierre, she, she had a reaction to it. Of course, no answers, just a reaction. She basically praised the Secret Service. Let's listen to what she had to say. Thanks, Karen. Uh, first, following up on the cocaine, you said that it was very important to President Biden that the Secret Service get to the bottom of who brought it into the White House. So can you just talk about his reaction when he learned that the investigation did not end with a suspect? No, and I appreciate the question. Look, I'm just not going to um, opine on this, not going to get into specific on this. We believe the Secret Service did a thorough investigation. Uh, we've been briefed of the outcome. Uh, they shared the detail in a public statement, which I think is important for the American people to hear directly from the Secret Service who did the investigation. Look, I'm one of the things that they said in the public statement is hundreds of people come through this particular uh, area. And, uh, and it's, so it's a heavily traveled working area. And so uh, that's what they were able to find doing this uh, thorough investigation. And so especially during that weekend, we think about Friday, that Saturday, and that Sunday, and also that, uh, I believe that Monday, uh, that weekend, I should just say, um, that uh, it was heavily traveled. So is the president satisfied with the explanation that someone was able to bring an illegal substance into the White House because there are hundreds of people who come here? What I will say is that the Secret Service did a thorough investigation. That's what we believe. They put out a public statement. I think that's important. Anything else detailing any details or any more information, I would reach out to the Secret Service. Thank you. And then one more on Tuberville. What's the saying? You can tell a politician is lying because their lips are moving. Well, with KGP, not only is it because her lips are moving, she's lying. It's that her answers are all like three minutes long. Okay, this one was only a minute and a half, but it was a very long answer with, yes, he's satisfied. And yet, could you imagine the conversation Joe Biden and Hunter had at Camp David after the Secret Service shut down the White House because they found cocaine? Yeah. No, it was Hunter Biden's cocaine. Who's BSing who? Okay. They didn't do a thorough investigation. You know why? Because they, they knew whose cocaine it was. At the very least, it belonged to someone in the Biden family or someone high up. It's not like politicians don't use drugs. This is not a conspiracy theory. 
He is, yes, there may be hundreds. Hey, you know something? The White House knows when a mouse farts in the White House. They got cameras, they got microphones, got everything all over the place. A president actually resigned because he was recorded doing malfeasance. So don't tell me no one has said anything. Don't they don't know who did this? They don't know who left a bag of cocaine in the middle of. I mean, if and and the big question is, well, what if that was a bag of anthrax? Would you know then? Yeah, no, I call bullshit. All right, but we'll never find out because the administration doesn't care. They don't care what we know. They don't care what we think. They think we're stupid. I mean, this whole Biden not Bidenomics thing just proves they think we're stupid. Oh. We'll call high inflation, low wages, um, we'll call that Bidenomics, and that will suddenly make the economy better. I'm proud of this economy. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so let's go into the dumbass of the day. And we got two dumbasses of the day. One is actually a recording. The other is a tweet. Um, you know... I shouldn't be surprised that our first dumbass of the day said something ridiculous because he looks ridiculous. And who are we talking about? Richard Levine, also known as Rachel Levine, the guy who thinks he's a chick and is the first, quote, female, end quote, admiral to work for the White House. He's the assistant secretary of health. And he had some comments about children and puberty. Uh so this was really a stupid thing to say, and not to mention it contradicts what he's already said in the past. So let's listen to what uh, Admiral Richard Levine has to say. Admiral Rachel Levine is a pediatrician and the Assistant Secretary for the Department of Health and Human Services. She's the highest ranking openly transgender federal official in the country. What would you say to folks who think that they're being reasonable by saying, why can't children just wait till they're 18? Adolescence is hard and puberty is hard. What if you're going through the wrong puberty? What if you inside feel that you are female, but now you're going through a male puberty? The argument is, well, they're too young to know. I want to make it clear that for prepubertal children, there are no medical procedures done. The standard of care allows them to explore that um, with therapy. Okay, first off, I, I love when they do this. First off, his real name is Richard, and it's a he. It's not a she. Okay, not a she. Now, everything he said in this statement couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, everything here he said. So, the first thing he said, well, puberty is hard. So what? What does that have to do with anything? Puberty is hard for everybody, including people who don't have mental problems and should seek mental seek psychiatric attention. Well, they should have seeked psychiatric attention before, but now we know that psychiatry actually wants to sterilize you and uh, cut off your balls. So we don't really want our kids in psychiatry anymore. But puberty being hard isn't an excuse. And here's something more asinine. Uh, you cannot be. You cannot go through the wrong puberty. As a matter of fact, you can have the wrong mindset. Like you think you're a girl, but you're not. Okay, here's the reality. Biology, the physical world, doesn't care what you think. 
it's going to do what is absolutely right, which is you're going to go through male puberty. You know, people are put into mental hospitals because they think they're Albert Einstein and shit. Okay? They are not... They think they're Albert Einstein. That doesn't make him Albert Einstein. Thinking you're a girl doesn't make you a girl. It means you need some help. And by the way, he's lying here. He does believe in giving kids sterilizing drugs before puberty. He has said it before. He does believe in cutting off the boobs of girls and cutting off the balls of boys. He's done it. He's said it. He doesn't believe in any age restrictions. I would guarantee you this guy thinks a four-year-old who likes pink should be able to be sterilized. So that's just a lie. I mean, a flat-out, hardcore lie. Just like calling him her is. Okay, so believe it or not, that wasn't the dumbest statement today. I, I give, I'll give Richard Levine the dumbass of the day simply because he said this. I don't put as much into tweets, okay? But the real dumbass statement of the day comes from Ilhan Omar. Now, you have noticed it's kind of warm lately. Yeah, well, guess what? It's climate change and everyone is coming out of the woodwork right now screaming about how we should kill all the cows so that we can be protected from the sun monster because animals are killing everybody, all right? Well, I mean, yesterday Kamala Harris said we should just lower the population, which I know was a gaffe, but the reality is they believe this. But she decided to tweet something that is just the dumbest thing I've seen. And from a member of the squad that's saying something. I, I'm sorry, still, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has the award for dumbest human being in the squad. But Ilhan Omar, this was the dumbest take. So she tweeted this. The Earth just broke the record for the hottest day in 120,000 years. In fact, we broke it on three separate days. National climate emergency now. Now, the, the first thing you need to understand is um, if you're going to tweet something as stupid as this to as many people as you have following you, don't do it on Twitter. Because Twitter actually put in a blurb that says, uh, no, Ilhan Omar is full of shit. This is what they put. It is not possible to have accurately measured the daily temperature dating back 120,000 years. So this tweet should not be presented as fact. NASA climate scientists recognize 1880 as the start of modern climate records. So, yeah, there's that. Okay. So, let's let's go. Let let's just play play with this reasoning cuz we're we're hearing a lot about climate change right now a lot of it okay let's say we know that the temper we knew the temperature 120,000 years ago and let's just say it is hotter today than it was 120,000 years ago let's just get crazy um did the earth survive or did it burn to a crisp no it survived the earth the earth will continue on okay it's going to continue on whether we're here or not I'm not even sure we were around 120,000 years ago, but it's going to happen no matter what. Of course, 
we don't know the temperature 120,000 years ago. So it's a stupid statement right off the bat. Records today, and there are some records that are being broken, some, but records today are not being broken by 40 or 50 degrees. And they're not breaking 500-year-old records. They're breaking 30-year-old records, and they're breaking them by a degree or two. The record in Las Vegas that happened on Sunday went from 117 to 118. Now, here's a, here's a little fact that no one wants to talk about. The average temperature in Las Vegas is 104 during the summer, which means that that's the average, which means sometimes it's 115, sometimes it's 85. It, 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 the temperature fluctuates a little bit. But 104, that's already hot. And that's another point I want to bring up. Yes, in certain areas, it's abnormally hot. But here's a place, Yuma, Arizona. The temperature yesterday had a high of 111 degrees. Now, that sounds abnormally high, right? 111 degrees, that's... No, that's actually five or six degrees cooler than it usually is at this time of year. Usually, the temperature in Yuma, Arizona is 115, 116 and can get it as high as 120. And yet, it only reached 111 degrees. Does that mean we are going through global cooling? But no one talks about that. They refuse to talk about this. They just want you to get rid of your air conditioner, which makes it that you can survive that type of heat. I also want to talk about the length of the heat wave. The heat wave is over. So we had three or four days of high temperatures. It's supposed to be back to normal by tomorrow or even today. Okay, we're not talking this heat wave lasted all summer. And that brings us to another, another thing here. It is summer. Summer usually means it normally is hot. Does climate change have anything to do with that? No, it's just where the earth is compared to the sun. Listen, it's summer, it's hot in summer. Because summers are hot. That's just the way it is. Now, if it's the middle of January and it's 117 degrees in New York, yes, I think we should worry about something. But 100 degrees, 94, 95, and that's the other thing. In New York, they're talking, oh, hot, hot. It's 90 some odd degrees in New York right now with 90% humidity. That's pretty normal in New York. It might be a little hotter than normal, but that's still pretty normal. Another point um, is that, yes, it is hotter last summer than it is this summer. Okay? It was hotter this summer, excuse me, than last summer. Um, is climate change to blame? Not really. Uh, our winter this year was actually really hot, really cold, and really wet. Of course, you didn't hear anyone bitch about climate change when it was cold and wet. Our world has a tendency to compensate when it's really cold and really wet. So if we have a really cold, wet winter, we're going to have a really hot, dry summer. That's how the world operates. It's always operated that way. El Nino's in California. When we have an El Nino in California, we know it's going to be, which we did this year, which we, we had an El Nina this year. 
Or no, we had an El Nino. We already know that when we have an El Nino in the winter, we're going to have a lot of rain. It's going to be cold, which it was. And we already know if we have an El Nino in the winter, we're going to have a nice, hot, dry summer. Maybe a little humid because of all the water in the soil. And guess what? It's really hot and it's really humid. That's what happens. I said that back in February. That it was going to be a hot, humid summer because of the El Nino. But everyone ignores what is normal. CNN is doing the same thing. I mean, they they should be put on the dumbass of the day. Yesterday, I was at the gym on Saturday, and I was watching CNN because that's what they put on the television while I'm on the um, treadmill. And they spent 20 minutes discussing how the hot weather over the weekend is going to destroy the coral reefs in Florida. Now, I'm, I rolled my eyes, and that means something because I sweat on the treadmill and I've got salt in my eyes. But a coral reef takes thousands of years to develop. You don't just suddenly have a coral reef. You mean to tell me, CNN, that one hot weekend in Florida... By the way, Florida's normal already. One hot weekend in Florida is going to destroy a coral reef that took thousands of years to develop? Here's the thing. If the coral reef is that fragile, it should be destroyed. Let it be destroyed. It's going to be destroyed. Let it be destroyed. I mean, one hurricane should blow it up. I mean, we have 10 hurricanes a year in Florida. One hurricane should destroy it. Here's a dirty little secret. The coral reef isn't going anywhere. It'll be just fine. Yes, it will be 100 degrees in Florida for two days. That's not going to destroy the coral reef. Now, here's a, here's a story that's not getting any traction, but I thought it was interesting. Um, and it's, it's, it really is one of the greatest medical mysteries of our generation. And you can see how stupid our media is, specifically CNN in this case, because they, are, they do see this as a huge mystery. Okay, so according to CNN, Houston Department of Health has reported a syphilis outbreak with an increase of 128% among women in the city and a ninefold increase in congenital cases in Houston and the surrounding Harris County area since 2019. Health officials, mind you, 2019, just follow me here. Health officials announced the outbreak in a Thursday news release. According to the department, new infections rose by 57% from 2019 to 2022. There were 2,905 new infections in 2022 compared to 1,845 in new infections in 2019. Uh, there were 674 cases among women in 2022, a steep increase from 295 in 2019, according to the release. There were just... 151 cases of congenital herpes in 2021, the latest year for which statistics are available compared to just 16 cases in 2016. So what is causing this? And why is it happening specifically in Texas? Hmm. And why is a disease coming into fashion in the United States, when we've all but gotten rid of the disease. The article continues, Congenital syphilis has skyrocketed across the U.S., particularly in the South and Southwest. 
Infections in newborns has risen 700% across the country over the past decade, a CDC official previously told CNN. That's important. Up 700%. Notice they don't say who's getting it. Experts attributed the rise to a combination of factors. This is great. Listen to this. Including lack of public funding for sexual health programs. In other words, we're just not spending enough money. That's typical. A shortage of qualified personnel. And even uneven coverage of screening by Medicaid. In other words, equity. Okay. So why are we having syphilis in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico? And I got news for you. California is there too. How about people are entering the country from the southern border and they're unchecked for diseases. And of that 700%, how many are actually American? How many are illegal aliens? How many are Hispanic? Yeah, they don't talk about that. Here's the thing. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people want to control the southern border. is because you'll end up with crap like this. People will come over for, with COVID, with herpes, with AIDS. Half the reason they're coming over is to get medical help in the United States. They can't get in Mexico, Honduras, or El Salvador, or Guatemala. Incredible. I mean, is CNN, just, just bury head in sand. Ignore the real problems. Never, the left never looks for a solution. They never look for a root cause. They keep saying they're looking for root causes. Like Kamala Harris, she when she was in charge of the border, she was looking for the root cause of the problem, and so she went to Guatemala. That's not the root cause of the problem. That is part of the root cause of the problem. But the root cause of the problem is uh, it's too easy to get into the United States. We have too many opportunities in the United States. How about closing the border? Seems to me that would be a root cause. It's like, you know, and then their answer is always throw more money at it or social justice. It's never, um, well, we can solve this problem by building a wall. We can solve this problem. And walls are cheap. $10 billion, we would have had a wall covering the entire border. They wouldn't spend it. They'll give $500 million to Ukraine, which, again, they did this week. Gave Ukraine another $500 million. Um, but they won't solve the actual problem. Okay, Syphilis is not the problem. It's a symptom of the problem. The problem is illegal immigration. People being poor in Guatemala is, a, is part of the problem. The big problem is it's too easy to get in the United States. We can solve the problem. All right. Well, welcome to the party. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. Now, the great thing with leftist ideology is that everyone except white people, specifically straight males, is a victim in some way. Eventually, all of the victim groups out there will have a problem with each other. We see that with the trans cult and women. We see that now, where men are competing against women because they say they're women, and now they're beating the shit out of women. We're seeing that now with beauty pageants. Men are now beating women in women's beauty pageants. All right? So here's a new one, and it's building steam. It's Muslims and the trans community. Heck, we can even go so far as to say the trans cultists are having conflicts with the gays, lesbians, and bisexuals. 
a lot of gays and lesbians don't like trans people. And they don't like trans people because as far as being gay or being lesbian, that's their sexuality. Being trans is not a sexuality. It's a mental illness. And that's what gays are. Martina Navratilova, who is a far leftist, has made that very clear. She's a lesbian. But she says, I'm a woman. I'm just like other women. And I should be respected for that. You wearing a dress doesn't make you a woman. Okay. So anyway, Muslims are sick of the trans thing. So Muslim parents, this is from the post-millennial. Muslim parents living in Missaquah, Ontario, that's Canada, have decided they have had enough with the Canadian government's push of gender ideology on school children and are taking to the streets to make their voices heard. In exclusive footage captured by the post-millennial Beth Beish, repeated chants of, leave our kids alone, could be heard as a group of people, most of them were Muslim, were seen marching down a sidewalk Saturday while holding Canadian flags and various signs. Displayed messages included, defend our kids, no gender indoctrination, separating parents and children destroys families and society, protecting childhood's shielding innocence, gender ideology does not belong in schools. Gee, where's the outrage? Are these people white supremacists too? Well, yeah, they are, sort of. Muslims are white supremacists. But it's dastardly. But the left can't say that. They, they say that, the, that, that Muslims are being, are being influenced by the white supremacists. And that's why they're becoming white supremacists. Notice I said white supremacists because they're being called white supremacists because they don't respect men dressed in women's clothing, even though the men dressed in women's clothing are also white. Don't don't ask. It's confusing, right? And they do that on purpose. Here's a narrative that this has been going on for about a month, and MSNBC is really trying to push a narrative. So here's their narrative, and then we'll talk about why their narrative is actually racist. There is a seismic shift happening within the Republican Party right now. The GOP seems to be trying to use the debate over transgender rights to win over conservative Muslim Americans. Or as the host of this show so pithily pointed out in a tweet last week, quote, basically in 2016, Republicans tried to get LGBT votes by demonizing Muslims. And this time around, they're trying to get Muslim votes by demonizing LGBT people. Thank you, Chris Hayes. Take, for example, Laura Ingram. Here's a taste of her radio show over the last few years. We don't have waves of refugees from predominantly Christian countries who come in and then proceed to try to blow us up. All these other people, they got to stay in the Middle East. But we, can, we cannot be the warehouse of all these you know, Muslim people coming from these far-flung lands. You are not going to come into this country and destroy what's good about America. I'm telling you, we've got to stop this madness. And here's that same host earlier this month showcasing a Muslim parent from Maryland whose organization wants school kids to be able to opt out from reading books with LGBTQ themes. 
Us Catholics and uh, uh, other Christians, other people of faith have been waiting for the Muslims to step up on this issue and so many others. Our vision is to bring together people of all faiths. All faiths, which I love. And we want to restore the moral consensus that we had in this country since its inception. And we want to bring people of all faiths and even those who may not belong to any particular faith. Traditionalists, perhaps. Traditional, reasonable people. I think that if we come together, we can become a political force in this country that can save uh, save us from what's happening. You, Kareem, and all of those kids who spoke out and former students, you all petrify the left. It is a new level of hypocrisy and cynicism from the right. As columnist Michelle Golbo pointed out in the New York Times, apparently these days, creeping Sharia has nothing on the woke mob. Well put. And Michelle Goldberg joins me tonight. These people bullshit you so much, it's not even funny. I got a couple things to say about this. Actually, probably more than a couple. First off, let's talk about Laura Ingram's splices. because, And I say splices because there's a couple things wrong with what they were playing that they never really brought up, never talked about. First off, Laura Ingram, in her first section, in the first set where she's dicking Muslims, it's, it makes it appear as, she wasn't dicking Muslims, she was dicking radical Islam terrorists that's who she was going after and of course they failed to they failed to give any context because she was talking about illegal aliens crossing the border and them bunch of them being terrorists and one of them uh, one or two of them actually committed terrorist acts on u.s soil because they snuck over the border that's what she was talking about of course, they made it sound like this was one big... No, this was... The four clips they were talking about were between 2015 and 2019. So they found some of the most controversial things she might have said and kind of threw them together as if she, she had been going off. So just to get this clear, radical Muslim Islam and standard Muslim religion, they're different. Radical Islam is evil. The Muslim religion is not. You can sit back and, and, and compare the two. All right. Not all Islam is uh, Muslims follow radical Muslim Islam. They don't. You can separate them. I lived with a Muslim family for a year. I know that these were not radical Muslims. They didn't believe in blowing things up. As a matter of fact, they were very conservative. They voted for Trump. During the 2016 election. Why? Because their religion meant something to them. And a lot of Christians, yes, there's a very big difference between Christianity, Jews, and, and Muslims, but not that much of a difference. We're all against abortion. We're all against the trans thing. We're all against drug legalization. We're all pro-family. So there is a difference. Okay. Now the the clip where she said she's embracing Islam. She's embracing standard Islam and that clip came 3 or 4 months ago. And she's doing what I'm doing with this trans thing. I'm calling out women, come and join us. I'm calling on Islamists in in Muslims, come and join us. This is crazy, we need your help. Everyone's doing it. I'm against radical Islam. I think we should shut the borders down because we. I don't want anyone from freaking Sudan coming into this country and blowing up the Empire State Building. I can tell you that. 
I'll, I'll say that in the same sentence. I just did. Okay. But that's the first thing. All right. The second thing, and by the way, radical Islamists, we have radical Islamists in Congress. Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Jayapal, those are radical Islamists. Their only goal is to destroy the system, destroy the United States from inside. They're pro-trans people. Here's the difference between radical Islam and regular Islam. Radical Islam will take power and then throw those same people that they supported to destroy the system off of the Empire State Building and let them die. That's the hypocrisy of Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. They support the trans until they get the power. Then they get the power, they don't support the trans anymore, and then they'll kill them all. Sound familiar? That's what the Nazis did. That's what the Soviets did. That's what the Cubans did. That's what the North Koreans do. That's what the Chinese do. Totalitarianism does not change. But anyway, I, I love when I love when when uh, the left does this because it really is telling. Um, Republicans are always evil. They always pounce. They're always manipulating things. And Muslims are too stupid to see it. So it's not that the Muslims don't think that men that dress as women are actually women. It's that they're too stupid not to be uh, manipulated by those evil Republicans. I mean, this is insulting. This is racist. It's insulting and it's racist. I mean, forget that uh, Muslims really do follow a lot of the diktats of the Constitution, of what the, the, the vision of the Founding Fathers, like they're against abortion, they're for school choice, they're pro-family, they're pro-religion, they're pro-free speech, and they just hate the leftist ideology. Forget all that. Muslims are just too stupid to realize what's good for them. Well, the reality is, when the rubber hits the road, Muslims are as conservative as Jews or Catholics. They really are. Especially when it comes to the kids. And by making comments like this, all they're doing is insulting Muslims. But here's the big problem the left is having. Uh, Muslims are actually very politically active. Especially if they're all together. According to the post-millennium, an all-Muslim city council of Hamatrack, uh, I hope I pronounced that right, Michigan, has fired city staffers of the town's Human Relations Commission after they flew a pride flag on public property in violation of a recently passed resolution banning the practice. Russ Gordon and Katrina Stackpool allegedly raised the flag on a city flagpole during the protest near Nebel Street on Sunday. According to the Detroit News, Hamtramck City Council voted unanimously to relieve the city staffers of their duties on Tuesday, with City Manager Max Garabino confirming shortly after that the flag, the flying of the pride flag was the reason for the decision. You know, I find this extremely patriotic. Regular Muslim people migrated here from places that really sucked. Remember when Trump called uh, 
some Muslim country, I think it was Nigeria, a shithole country. Yeah, a lot of the Muslims that came from those shithole countries think those countries are shithole countries. That's why they came to the United States. That's why a bunch of Afghanistans, when Joe Biden decided to pull out of Afghanistan, decided to, hey, you know what? We're going to try and get on these planes, even risk our lives to get on these planes to get out of Afghanistan. You know why? Because they think Afghanistan is a shithole country and the United States is a great country. They don't want to see this. Muslims who live here now, who came here to have the things the Constitution promised, don't want it all replaced by this LGBTQI plus poop emoji shit. They don't want any of this. They want their country back. They don't want their country falling to this tyrannical BS that the left keeps pushing. And yes, they keep pushing. So, um, God, you know, I, I'm never going to get to this stuff. We'll get to it tomorrow. Uh, but I, there's just so much to talk about. And I've expanded the podcast to 45 minutes. And I still don't have time to get through all this stuff. But anyway, we'll try it out tomorrow. I hope you folks have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless and love you all. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.